we're back to a full 90-minute episode, both in Canada and the United States, of the challenge, Total Madness. I'm John Shidley-Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback from last week's episode, which is nice to hear and appreciated. I'm not going to rhyme off every single person that uh, had kind things to say, because honestly, the response was... Uh, there's too many people to name, but we appreciate <laughs> each and every one of you. I think I got back to everyone that messaged us, so that was super cool and super nice. Yeah, no, it was it was really cool, and you know, as mentioned, I kind of was on a hiatus from social media, but I did see a lot of the messages come in, and I will say it was good to see that what we try to do here is well received in terms of just having a natural normal conversation that's honest and true to us and it's cool that the people that listen to the pod that have been rocking with us also feel the same way and you know even as this episode started like this episode of the challenge i was kind of looking forward to seeing how they would respond like if they would make you know, some remark about D or some commentary at all, and they didn't, which leads me to a comment that someone did send in to us that I would like to read, because I thought it was very interesting. Uh, this was sent to me by Sarah. Uh, Sarah says, and Sarah shouts to Sarah, who's a longtime listener of You Killed It, um, loves the challenge, obviously, and so I think this is a very interesting question. Sarah writes... I did have a question for you and John. In the history of the real world and road rules, uh, there have been a lot of people who came into the environment ignorant and have even openly been racist. Abram's stance on interracial marriage, Jordan insulting Naya, and Emily Schramm's blackface come to mind. Uh, It was through their continued exposure to new people and culture that they were able to learn and change. I'm not saying that this particular instance D should have been allowed to continue on MTV, but what are your thoughts on how it should be handled in the future? Ooh, that's a tough question. Right? It is a very tough question. We're starting off with some heat here. (laughs) I can go first because obviously I got the question earlier, so I'd have time to think about it. Yeah, Um, I want to hear your thoughts. And that's that's not just me biding time, but that's also you're the guy in TV, so... No, no, no. I just I just think that, you know, when she sent it to me, I was kind of like, oh, this is really good. I'm going to use this on the pod. I'm going to ask a question on the pod. But also like, you know, so I've had time to think about it. And first off, I'll say the one thing that is kind of different, right, is some of these things happened on the real world. And I think the real world, just based off its premise is a different animal than what the challenge is, right? The real world is supposed to represent a microcosm of society. It's like the social experiment when you're taking all these people from different backgrounds and forcing them to live in a house together, right? And there's no, like, you don't win prize money. There's not a contest. Like, it's literally just a real world experiment. So I think in a situation like that, I think it does make sense to kind of let people figure things out and deal with it in the house in the hopes that they work together, figure things out, learn things about people who grew up differently 
than you did. And that obviously we've seen tons of examples where it's just different things, right? It's not even about black or white. Sometimes it's rich or poor. Sometimes it's male, female. Sometimes it's just big city versus the country live in. You know what I mean? But the real world, I think, is a perfect place for those kind of experiences. The challenge, on the other hand, I think it's it's different because one year like it's an actual contest right and so you don't want to have someone winning a contest that you're giving them money that is like this that might have skeletons in their past and i don't mean the pun as the show i just mean just like dumb things out there whether it's you know racist tweets or you know they show up on the show and do something stupid i think you want to have the ability to just kick that person off right away because a challenge is a different kind of show it's not the social experiment in theory you know a little bit more of the people and their backgrounds because you've seen them on different shows before so the vetting process should be a little bit more than someone that goes on to the real world which in most cases that's their first uh forte into that's not the right word their first foray thank you john always has my back appreciate (laughs) that right it's their it's their first time on uh television or on reality tv so i think the two shows are something different so i would say on the challenge going forward something like that pops up i think the same thing has to happen right and especially even though we've seen things happen in the past i think a precedent is being set now that going forward these things will not be tolerated and you talked about it last week john on a bunch of different other shows where we've seen castmates be eliminated off the show going forward because of racist tweets or things like that so the precedent is being set in society and in media culture and i think just in even normal people's jobs that certain things are being told that it's unacceptable Mm -hmm. so the challenge i would say yes the real world if it ever came back obviously there's a line obviously you're not trying to like have someone go too far but i think there's a little more leeway just because of what the real world is and what it represents but also the lack of a vetting process gives you a little more room to quote unquote mess up as opposed to the challenge you would hope you'd hope that most of the people you're bringing on you know enough about them that if something comes up it's like nah screw you you got to be out of here but i bet you there'll be stuff written in their contracts going forward yeah, if there's not already. True. Uh, I would assume there isn't, though, because, you know, if you think of what, as mentioned, right, things have come up in the past mm-hmm. and people have remained on the show, right? So even Camilla, right, like, she wasn't kicked off for what she did. So, yeah, I think going forward, I bet you in seasons in all reality TV across the board, heck, there's even a Black Bachelor all of a sudden. Like, what what's really going on? 2020 is mad fucked up, <laughs> right? But like, but I bet you going forward, you're gonna see something like that put in place where it's just in the contract. Any tweets about what anything that could be deemed, you know, inappropriate, you're done. I think the so the. Um the example of Camilla and the examples that Sarah brought up were mm-hmm. all, I think, I'm not familiar with Abram's stance on interracial marriages, um, but I think they all happened within the season. Yeah. Uh, which is different than what happened with D. 
Because, sure. like, what D said was outside of the filming. So, like, I do hope to, to really get to what Sarah's question was. I do hope that going forward, if someone says something that is racist, like what Camilla did to Leroy, those seasons like ago, on the show, on the show, that they yeah. immediately get booted. And they've, mm -hmm. I think, moved, well, I can't remember the order of events here, but like uh, Naya was kicked off for attacking Jordan, like, f like basically sexually Physically. assaulting him. Um, that, yeah. And also brought up like homophobic language, but like it was a whole scene. But it was a thing. It was a yeah. thing. With D making the comments afterwards, obviously they can't kick her off the show. And I think I'm, I like what, how MTV has handled the D situation so far, where they, mm -hmm. um, you know, edited her out in a very like harsh edit last week. And this week, they clearly they worked very hard to edit her out as best as they could. You didn't even, totally. like, I kept track. You didn't even see D or hear her name f until the start of the daily challenge where you briefly saw her face when they were showing the teams. Yeah. But, like she wasn't even in the background. Like they, the editors did a marvelous <laughs> to, job of like, well, cutting to her take out it as best they could. Well, to take it a step further, even in the recap of last week's episode, she wasn't even in that. Yeah, they said her name Which, once in the recap because she but won. Like, <laughs> but, like, the only shot of her in the recap of last week's episode was her crawling out of the tunnel, and you only really saw her back. Yeah. Like, you didn't even see her face. So, right there, when I was from watching that, I was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right, like, this this is a thing going forward. She's not involved in this at all. I, Which leads me to believe she has to lose, right? Like, there's no way she yeah. wins. You're I'm going right. to guess she there's a purge and she loses in the purge. That would be my guess. Obviously, I don't know, I, but... I do have one complaint about what MTV... How MTV handled things. Last okay. week's episode, I'm willing to forgive them this because they, as we discussed last week on You Killed It, they had to really sort of work on the fly. Mm -hmm. Like they had a tight turnaround. They probably were consulting with lawyers the whole nine. We've been over For sure. It. But what I would have liked to have seen from this episode was at the start, like a screen or as you and I suggested in the past, like TJ Lavin or TJ would probably be the best choice. But someone explaining why D has been edited out of the show. Because not everyone yeah. is on Twitter. Not everyone is going on MTV's website. You know what I mean? And For sure. Not that uh, cute, blonde hair, blue-eyed Melissa is the victim in all of this. Mm -hmm. But she essentially became the villain of this episode. Not the villain, but she was, she was a focal point. The focal the point early, yeah. And like I am confident that Dee did not come in, back into that house and did not cause a fuss. Hold on. So, like, totally I agree with you 1,000%. And I think, like, you know, normally we're breaking down every single scene that takes place. But the beginning of this episode, there's really not much to break down if we're being serious. Because yeah. clearly to me, my thought was they re-edited this whole thing. Absolutely. Right? And, like, you know, because obviously the assumption is D probably came back gloating, talking mega shit, super pissed off at everyone, mm -hmm. for sure. So that's probably a full 
five minute scene minimum yeah right so they cut that out and then now you have to the same things we we're talking about last episode right you re-bring in a whole bunch of other footage because you're kind of like okay well how do we fill this time now mm-hmm. how do we build up another storyline and you could easily tell as you mentioned you get the, the you get the melissa part being kind of mad which we'll talk about that but then all you got were these little mini scenes where they're breaking down all the guys who haven't gotten their red skulls yet yeah. and giving you a little bit of background in terms of where they're at in the game. Yeah. And it was all pretty made up. Like you could tell cuz it was nothing none of it really mattered. None of it was really like earth-shattering. There's a scene right? where Josh and Fessy are talking and it was not an interesting scene at all and I was like this <laughs> is definitely like a yeah. minute that they're like we can include yeah. this. It works. And, like, it, it did provide some background, but they could have been, like, more... It would not have been the first-round pick, you know? Well, here's the thing, the kind of, like, nerdy behind-the-scenes stuff. And I don't even know if, like, people care about us talking about these things. But if you're wondering why they would need to fill back the time, when you have a show like this, you've already sold advertising yeah. for 90-minute episodes. Yeah. So... If you're MTV, you could get away with the extreme circumstance of last week and mm-hmm. saying, hey, we're going to cut this episode from 90 minutes to 60 minutes because we had to kick off this racist person. But the following weeks, you got to probably get back to your commitments to all of the people buying commercials and ad space during your 90 minute episode. So if you're wondering why, OK, well, they would cut out the D scenes, but why would they have to replace them? That's why. Yeah. But my point was more for the benefit of re- of listen- listeners. I said readers than listeners when what I meant was viewers. Like I went with the third, like the two worst options of trying to describe. All good. <laughs> Thank you. But I was just for the sake of viewers who are not on social media or do not. And realistically, mm-hmm. there are. I think it would have been helpful for them to understand, like, hey, you're not going to see D anymore as best we can. And also, I think it sends a message to viewers and to, you know, next season's competitors that this sort of behavior will not be tolerated. So, like, I would have liked to have seen either a message from TJ or, like, uh, sort of like a, a screen where they, like, explain the situation in, like, dry legal terms. But just, like a very like well-considered statement on why D was not in it just because I think it yeah. cleared up a lot of things for people who are not as nerdy as us or our listeners. Yeah. And I, I you know what, you're, you're totally right because to me, it's not even just about, as you said, it's not just about the people who aren't on social media to know what's going on to me as someone who rocks with the challenge and obviously dedicates a lot of time to the challenge. <laughs> Like, it would have been nice to have something, quote-unquote, real. Like, you put some effort into um, showing us that you take this, you take the matter really seriously. Like, I get editing her out took a lot of time, but that's also probably a lot of legal things, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that, you know, come out and make a serious statement with, like, whoever the face is, of your shit whether it's bananas whether it's tj saying hey we don't stand for this this is not something that is acceptable and 
with that being said, there's a reason why you'll notice someone's not there. Something like that just would have been a good sign or a good show of faith. Because I feel like what's happening now, and this isn't an MTV thing, this is more of a general society thing. There's a lot of PR things being done with like statements and like, you know, just, oh, here's, we put out a statement on Twitter and that's it. And it's like, sometimes you got to take a little step further right to show me that you're genuine and you did it because you think it's wrong not because people on twitter thought it was wrong what she did but you as a company actively think that it's wrong and you won't tolerate that behavior going forward you got to take a little extra step to explain that to the audience and to the people that rock with you as a brand yeah i agree all that being said i did think aside from that like one caveat that i think we both would like to have seen I think that what MTV is doing really is the best way to handle it. For sure. Given the totally given agree. the cards that they were dealt, I think that mm-hmm. they've handled it really, really well. Like I'd give them a nine out of ten. The for sure. The one point missing is I would have liked that explainer off the top of this episode. I totally co sign you, man, because it is so hard once you like I wish I could articulate well enough how hard it is to put together a reality show like because you have so many different forms of footage and storytelling so imagine if the assumption is if d comes back into the house she's probably the one telling the story yeah right like so that's through confessionals that's through an argument that's through whatever like the time it takes to put that together is insane so once you remove that to create a whole new angle meaning you have to go find new confessionals come up with a whole new storyline probably beef up some of the confessionals to like you know keep switching these narratives oh Corey's really sad because he can't talk to his daughter or his daughter doesn't want to talk to him like all of those things take so much more time to redo so i'm definitely co-signing you here and bigging up the producers and editors and everyone involved in putting that together because that would have been mega hard (laughs) to to be doing that and swap those scenes out and i guess i'll ask you of all those scenes that we did see uh which scene sort of stood out to you is it just the the josh melissa bananas breakdown uh you mean stood out in terms of like just to like like was there anything that that like you actually want to go in depth with because like all of the other conversations about the dudes right like the guys that don't have their skulls to me like whatever like i wasn't really (laughs) well i don't know but you let me know uh, well i will say so the opening scene is you know they're all back in the bunker uh Josh, Bananas, Melissa, and Kyle are all in the same room. I gather they're roommates. And it might it might be, like, the line of the episode for me, just because it made me laugh so hard. Bananas goes, I just can't believe Josh and Rogan would do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh. Um, yeah. But, like... I mean, the, Melissa's mad. Melissa is mad. I, I have it down that she's cheesed, man. Um, but <laughs> but fair. She's. It's funny. We just went over this, but it's obviously such a B plot. Like it's not. It's a B plot being made into an A plot. Well, it was funny to me because of two reasons. One, 
bananas actually rolling with the his fingers crossed like we talked about it last yeah week. i gave you credit in my <laughs> notes where i was like sheldon was right <laughs> i thought that was just funny that he's he just actually like owned up to it and i thought they should have probably hit it harder yeah i agree but i mean beyond that the one thing that was funny was melissa super mad at josh yeah and josh spends a lot of this episode looking completely lost and confused but to me one of the most awkward parts was she's clearly mad she's telling you that she's mad you're trying to argue she's telling you it doesn't matter she's not listening to you and then josh says can i get a hug and i was like what like it came off kind of creepy and i'm not saying that he was being creepy i'm saying it like i kind of cringe because i was yeah. like what what in the last five minutes makes you think that she wants to give you a hug? <laughs> like, what happened? Did they edit something out? Like, whoa, whoa, it was just so weird. But it's Josh. And it was not, I'm glad you pointed that out because I also noted it. And in my head, I'm like, of course, Josh is that guy that asks for hugs. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen him do that a couple times on this show too, right? Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, one thing that Poor was guy. that was pointed out on Twitter is that so Melissa has now given birth. But yes, she was pregnant at this point, but didn't know that she was pregnant. Yes, correct. So that's insane. Yeah, given what like they had to do physically. Uh, yeah, but it was just like something I had in the back of my mind, and apparently Johnny Bananas had been chirping her for months afterwards knowing about all these arguments saying it wasn't fair when you shouted at josh because it was two on one <laughs> <laughs> well played that was pretty well funny. played um i mean the thing i want to talk about is uh bailey and swaggy okay because obviously they're one of the focal points of this episode okay and just like they're they're having a conversation and they're like pleased that they've never been nominated or anything mm -hmm. and like my respect for them has gone up okay but they still clearly don't understand that they have to go in like okay. if they want to win yeah, yeah like in yeah, that yeah. whole conversation no, when they're like yeah we've never been nominated we're never going in and i'm like but you guys like if you want to win money you have to go in <laughs> like that's not <laughs> For sure. And I totally agree with you. It, it was a funny scene because I had the same reaction just in terms of, uh, are you guys sure you realize how this works? Mm -hmm. But they don't, <laughs> right? And I think if you came on this season, you'd be mad confused, right? Because normally the goal is to just last as long as you can and avoid the el elimination. Mm -hmm. So I get why they're still in that mind frame. Yeah. The problem is obviously time's dwindling. Yeah. Right? And they don't really have that many allies in the house. No. Um, they're also not the only ones that have played the game poorly in terms of figuring out, oh, I need to get a skull. Like Kyle, I think, is in the same boat. Josh. Josh. Is for sure. Right. And like those guys, those guys have both been on the show multiple seasons. So I'm gonna actually give Bailey and Swaggy a bit of a pass in their um in their attitude towards like oh we're still alive we haven't even been 
uh, nominated yet or anything like that. Like, I'm going to give them a bit of a pass just because they're a rookie. So obviously they're confused. And I can't emphasize this enough for people who don't watch Big Brother. The level of difficulty from Big Brother to the challenge <laughs> is insane, right? Just the difference in the gameplay, the style of it, obviously the drama of it, how the show's put together. Like, it's insane. I think when Big Brother comes back, I need to start watching it again. Because I, I watched, like, the first five seasons and then, like, so, fell off hard. I think that I read that this season is supposed to be an all-star season. Ooh. And Josh is supposed to be on it. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I'm not that excited about that at all. I heard that Davon might be on I it, think. Though. Yeah. So I, I mean her. I'll still end up I'll still end up watching. <laughs> but at the same time, like maybe not the one for me to get back into. Is what you're saying. Maybe not. Maybe not. And also like I don't know how much I like the All Star episode. The All Star seasons. Okay. Cause like people are favorites for different reasons. Mm. Right? I don't know. Tough sell. And obviously the Josh thing is a tough sell. But either way, as you were saying though, I, I kind of like I give, I'm gonna give them a bit of a pass because I feel like a lot of people don't know what they're doing with the skulls and Josh and Kyle are right there because they have no clue they're lost. But the conversation that stood out to me the most, and I guess we'll get the nice thing I'll say about Nelson. Oh, okay. Right here. All right. Nelson. Nelson was there for Corey in his tough time where Corey was struggling. Nelson was being a really good friend to Corey. Yes. And. Because Corey has the call, he calls to speak to his daughter, and his daughter is like not really paying attention, and Cheyenne's trying to, you know, get her to pay attention to talk to her dad, and the kid's just not having anything of it. And I'll admit, in the moment, I kind of thought like, oh, are they just like playing this up? Like the kid's just like not interested. But then when you see Corey's reaction. And I always say on um, when talking about the show, like I don't think he's a good act, good enough actor mm -hmm. to just like fake cry, but like we never seen that side of Corey before, mm -hmm. right? So we've heard him speak about his family, we've heard him talk about, oh, I'm doing this for Ryder, I'm doing this for her, blah blah. But to see his reaction to the fact that his kid wasn't really even paying attention to him and he hadn't seen her in that long. And seeing him really kind of break down, I was like, oh, it's it's one thing you've been talking about throughout the season, John, in terms of Corey's maturity and just he's a different dude. But in that scene alone, I think exemplified it, like the difference between Corey trying to smash every girl moving in the house yeah, compared to, you know, him being sad that he hasn't seen his daughter in a while. Yeah. Right. And him talking about growing up without his dad. And he's like, oh, I don't want that to happen at all. To my daughter and that was just a tough scene yeah it was a tough scene and uh it's a funny i don't know i think this has been your experience i don't want to speak for you but like having seen two men talk about their feelings like that as mm -hmm. nelson and Corey did yeah you did not see that 10 years ago and like it was not my experience yeah. that me and my guy friends did not speak that openly about like fears of like being a bad father mm -hmm. concerns about like fatherhood and like relationships um and i think that's sort of a sign of maturing but 
among men when they can be open about their feelings like For that. For sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been saying this all season. I'm liking Corey more and more. And yes, it was like Nelson's nice moment um, yeah. of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I, I hope that Corey understands that, yes, it's hard that he's away from Ryder. And I do think she was acting out, like Cheyenne said, that uh, she was mad that he wasn't there. But at yeah. least he's there to earn money to provide, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's dramatic to say this, but it's not unlike someone who's like, I don't know, a sailor or has another job that takes them away. Like, it's for sure. It's not quite the same job being on reality TV, but at least Corey's being responsible. Like, it's probably the biggest, fastest way for him to make money that's available to him right now. The reality is, it's his job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a job for him, and, and that's a tough part about it that, you know, there's not many ways that you can make quick money like that you know by going away for a month Mm -hmm. or something like that but it makes it tough and to further the point you know to hear nelson speak genuinely yeah about the growth that he's also seen in Corey, Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool too right to hear him because obviously that's their crew that's their squad Mm -hmm. you know and that's stuff that we see on the challenge and stuff that we don't see on the challenge if you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like them partying, them hanging out, whatever. So to hear him talk talk about it from that angle, someone who had a a side by side experience in watching Corey, that was cool to see as well. It was, cool um, but see. yeah, that was a scene to me that kind of stood out. I did want to sp- from those early ones. I did want to speak about Fessy because I I would love. I wish Fessy was a little bit better at confessionals. Because okay. I think he's really smart, and I feel like he has better insight into what Big Brother is about. Like, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out that he and Josh have drifted away from Swaggy and Bailey over okay. the course of the season of the challenge. Yeah. And I hadn't really realized it until he pointed it out. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, no, like, that's true. Like, he's been hanging out with the Young Bucks and Maddie. And is it seems like people are speaking as if Fessy's a member of the Young Bucks now. Yeah. But, like, remember the very first episode, there was a scene where, like, he was talking with Swaggy and Bailey and Jay. And Jay. And they were yeah. sort of, it could, that could have, if things had played out differently been the start of them like crewing up and making an alliance but it's not how it's played out at all yeah i think jay leaving played a role in that and also i think just fessy as you mentioned right becoming like sort of attaching himself or however the relationship formed with nelson and Corey, uh that kind of moved away from swaggy and bailey who also were more on the west camp right yep so for him, like, I think early on you have the numbers where you're attracted to each other numbers-wise because you all come in as rookies. But then just there's a natural progression where personalities separate you, right, from the crew that you would be hanging out with at the beginning of a reality show. The thing that surprised me, like, I didn't even realize Fessy and Josh were cool. Yeah. And I, I guess, like, me neither. once we get to the nominations, it's just apparent that, like, Josh is 
basically like Nelson trying to be cool with everybody, right? Well, at one point, I'll have to refer to my notes, but at one point, someone says that Josh and Fessy are best friends. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they were talking a lot about, you know, uh, how good friends they are. Yeah, but, this is news I mean, to I me. Didn't, like, I didn't know that at all. Like, I, I'm sure that they are friends and that they get along. But, like, we haven't seen them we, interact at the bar scenes. We, haven't we seen also them. don't get a lot of Fessy, though, right? Because there hasn't been a real storyline for Fessy. So we don't really see much of him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, Josh has been in the middle of some shit already. Everyone else in the house other than, well, I guess even Casey had the Nani thing. Yeah. Right? So essentially everyone else in the house has had some moment of drama surrounding them. Except Fessy. Except Fessy. And I, even Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who in the house hasn't? That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I noted that down because I was saying, like, I like Fessy. Like, I think, you know, you and I, our standard is would we have a beer with them? I absolutely yeah. would have a beer with Fessy. Yeah, yeah. Good people. He's a very good competitor. He points out that he's the strongest and fastest. And, like, <laughs> we see that in the daily. Oh, yeah. But he's not great television. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, like, super funny He's not yeah. like he's not making big political moves. He's not like hooking up with people. He's he's like staying so, and good for like good on him. Like good morals. You know who he reminds me of? Landon. Do you know what it is though? I think though the challenge house is super different now. And so he has a girlfriend, shouts to Haley. They met on Big Brother. Um so he's not coming in and hooking up, but also you're not coming in and arguing with people either right away as a rookie. Yeah. Right. Like true. it yeah. happened with, think about Asaf and Jay. Oh yeah. Asaf. They got themselves, well, they got <laughs> themselves in him. trouble. They got themselves in trouble. Right. How? Because they were coming in, you start mingling with some girls, you start bringing attention on yourself. Whereas Fessy, and he handled it the right way early on when he tr when someone tried to nominate him, right? Remember that when he got thrown in early, all he did was handle his business. He didn't turn it into a huge argument or anything, and then just continues to beast. So I think once you do that, you stay out of the drama. You stay out of just what do you say all the time? Drawing attention to yourself. That's right. And he hasn't really done that, so. So it's a good start for him. Let's get to the daily competition. Tanks a lot. And we have, uh, well, I have a listener comment. Daniel Barado says, we have another tank on the challenge tonight. I know Jay Chidley Hill will have some hard-hitting facts on the tank talk segment of the pod. So before you ask, Sheldon, and I know you're going to ask, last week, I, I definitely, like, I re-familiarized myself with some Soviet... Uh, armaments and I really okay. think the vehicle we last saw was what we would call a self-propelled gun and this okay. week I think is actually a tank I couldn't tell we didn't get it like a good shot of the size of the tank so I couldn't tell if it's a medium tank or a heavy tank so I think it's either a T-34 or a KV-85 alright I'll, I'll take your word for it man I know that you I'll were take your aiming word for to it. know <laughs> 
Uh, I do enjoy that it was called Tanks a lot. Yeah. Like, whoever comes up with these things, slow clap for you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this was interesting because basically I spent the whole episode being like, how can they avoid showing D? So when they announced it, it was a team challenge. I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess they have to show her now. And not really. So if we go through the teams, right, it's, I guess we should explain a challenge. Teams of three, there's two stages. Stage one, you kind of had to drag a bunch of junk across the field, put it into uh, your garbage bin. And then until TJ says stop, the teams that had the two heaviest bins you advance to the next stage, which is just a dash where you have to basically drag a sleigh that is weighted down across the field. And the first team to cross wins and is a tribunal. Mm-hmm. So the teams, you had team one, Josh, Corey, and Casey. Team two, Melissa, Rogan, Bananas. Team three, Anissa, Kyle, Jenny. Team four, Nelson, Nani, Swaggy. Team five, Fessy, Bailey, and D. And I was like, oh, is it a coincidence that D was the absolute last person's name that was on that? <laughs> so that if you were reading all the names, you would get to hers at the very end? <laughs> Am I reading too much into it? No, I don't know. I don't think so. But that's, that's how I watched this episode. And they, <laughs> and they split it up over two screens, and the second screen of the teams was much faster because I had the same thought. And I also yeah. was like, it would be so easy to redo the order of, like, for that graphic. Oh, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and just, like, totally. put it at the end. And as you said, have her be the very last name just to, like, lessen the likelihood that she comes up. I didn't even, like, really catch what team she was on. Like, it worked on me is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Totally. I was just like actively looking for it and like paused it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the other thing was watching this whole thing. I was just watching to be like, how many times are they going to show her? Because you also know that they have the confessionals where all the teams get to be like, well, you know, I like my team. My team's strong and I think we can do this. We can do that. They didn't even show their team. No. Right? And I was like, no close-up shots of her. They did a really... And I'm applauding them. Because I know you had to go back and re-edit this whole challenge to minimize how many times D was on the screen. They definitely... There are definitely shots that they zoomed in to crop her out. And, like, thank God for HD TV that you can do that. Because on standard def, that would have looked grainy as hell. Huge shouts to that, for sure. I have a question for you, though, about this challenge, or at least about the first stage. Okay. What was the better strategy? Should you be taking multiple quick trips, or like multiple quick trips with not a lot of weight, or less trips, but heavier trips? I actually think, and it paid off for them, I think Kyle had the right idea, was that what you wanted was density, because you didn't want to waste time on carrying things that were awkward, right? Yeah. Like if you have a piece of sheet metal that weighs 25 pounds, that is like catching wind and like sort of like too wide for you to really comfortably carry, 
versus something small and compact like a piece of an engine or whatever a motor part mm -hmm. that weighed the exact same amount you want that just because it's easier you're less likely to injure yourself and we saw a ton of injuries or near injuries on this but there was a lot of people that wasted time trying to like muscle something that was big and heavy and awkward when they could yeah. have been carrying something that weighed as much but did not take up as much that was not as awkward to carry I think the no. idea of that Johnny Bananas and Rogan had like I almost wonder if they're trying to take it at the L there by saying like oh we'll just put stuff in the barrel and then close <laughs> it and then roll it like what a waste of time I thought it was a good idea at first until they weren't able to close the lid on the barrel. Well, I think they ran out of lids. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Like I, could, uh, I could see that being effective if you sort of like filled the barrel up a little bit and dragged it behind you, mm -hmm. and just like tore up the field. But like, I, yeah, I don't know. the The other thing that occurred to me, and I don't know how much this played a role, but. Like, at some point, you wouldn't want the... Like, if you had those big, awkward things I was talking about... Yeah. They would... T like, you would sort of want to be able to fill the dumpster really compactly. And if you huh, have something big and awkward, it would make it harder to put more stuff in next trip. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. You were a uh, team barrel, though. That would have been your strategy. No, I thought it was a good idea, and then I was just like, oh, this is not working well for them at all. No. Um, yeah, I just think it also comes down to your endurance level, because if you have good endurance, then I would say taking multiple quick trips is probably better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the dude that it didn't matter for was Fessy. Fessy's like, just a beast. I don't even know if anyone can come close to him. Like They might need to bring Turbo back. Mm -hmm. Just to like compete against Fessy because he dummied them in the race over there. Yeah. Right? Like no one was even close to him in the race to start the challenge. And then my guy was just beasting, carrying shit by himself across the field, dragging it. And you could hear him at times like screaming, like, ah, like, wow. It was just incredible performance put up by Fessy. But what I want to ask you, John, is the teams, okay? Mm -hmm. So it turns out that the two teams that did the best were the teams that had the two women on it as well. I want to ask you if you were surprised by that or the fact when you took in like who the women were, you were like, no, that's not surprising at all. I was not surprised at all first of all just the way the edit that they were giving uh kyle mm -hmm. i was like kyle is definitely going to advance the second stage and he was teamed with as you said jenny and anisa yeah and jenny is definitely the strongest woman and i would say jenny is what top five strongest in the house yeah i would say that gender. jenny is stronger than kyle like i agreed I, yeah so <laughs> Like, not a liability at all. And Anissa's really strong, too. Like, what Anissa sure. struggles with is endurance. Yeah. But, like, seeing that team, I'm like, no, this is a good team. Like, this is 
Kyle might be the weakest link in, on that team. So <laughs> even though he says that, Just don't ask him. Yeah. Well, he says carrying heavy things, carrying heavy items and running is all I'm good at. Which is not true, Kyle. Yeah. You're good at confessionals too. Uh, and fair. I'm not convinced That's he's fair. that good at carrying heavy things. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Were you? Well, yeah, you mentioned Kyle's team. I wasn't really surprised either. And it, and I mean, as much as Jenny and Anissa can more than hold their own, I would argue probably hold their own more than Josh and Corey. Yeah. Let's say, or more than you know, Swaggy probably, right? Mm-hmm. But the other team, obviously Fessy's team, we know the work that Fessy was doing, but D and Bailey, I bet you there was also a point that they had to edit out where they rehash what happened to them last week yeah. in their competition oh, against each other. Yeah. Right? Because there was beef there. I forgot So I bet about you there that. was a whole chunk about them being like, oh, we got to work together now after what happened last week and we made up. Or so There had to be something there yeah. that they just had to cut out because obviously, as mentioned, no shots of D during this whole thing. Um. But the one thing we do know, D is a good competitor, and much like Bailey, they're both scrappy. Yeah. Right? So they might not be as deezed as Jenny or as just strong as Anissa, but they both try really hard and won't give up. Kind of like Kyle. Do you know what I mean? Like they they have the energy to keep going and they're not gonna quit or whine or complain. So and obviously as we mentioned, Fessy was just a beast. So having those two teams advance made sense and then that last part of the challenge to see fessy beast that as well all the other dudes got to be like oh shit like he's winning this whole thing yeah yeah well he made the point that he's i already brought this up but that he's the strongest and the fastest Mm -hmm. i would say he's not in the house anymore jordan is very fast but Jordan yeah. definitely is not as strong as Fessy, as we saw in their head-to-head. Um, but also, Fessy's not dumb. Like, Fessy's not a slouch when it no. comes to puzzles. Like, no. I think this could be Fessy's season to win. Yeah. And, I mean, we can't be surprised at this point if Fessy were to pull out the, the dub in his rookie season just because, I mean, he's dominating at this point. And there might not be... Th- another opportunity for them to try to get rid of him. Yeah. Right? Like, who's going to do that? Numbers are probably on his side. He's a likable person in the house. Like, the strategy, if you think about going forward in years to come, you got to think that if you're the other side, the Bananas, the Jordans, whatever, you got to throw him in early. Yeah. Right? And hope that he loses because I don't know if you want to see him in a final and think that you have a chance to win. Absolutely not. And also, to your point, and we should circle back to this because it, it actually comes up at this point in the episode. But all the other guys now are trying to get into elimination. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, there's, and there's probably only one guy's elimination left. So they yeah. don't want to put Fessy, like... You don't have the time to. Yeah, you can't. There's Josh wants... Well, maybe Josh wants to go into purgatory. <laughs> Um, Kyle uh, wants Josh. to like Kyle as soon as they get back from the daily competition after Fessy Bailey and D win Kyle immediately starts campaigning Corey is also campaigning and they have a scene yeah. where they 
I wouldn't say it was a confrontation because I think it was respectful. But Corey was like, yeah, no, I'm campaigning to get in too. So may the best yeah. man win at, at winning For the sure. vote. Yeah, no, totally. And before we get to that, though, I just want to big up the fact that further to our point about how difficult that was, but how much beast mode some of these women were, were putting on in this, like Fessy was dummied everybody, but then it was Jenny yeah. was second. Then it was Kyle. And then Kyle, then Bailey. So, you know, kind of further to the point of what we were talking about, just in terms of, you know, that was a tough, tough challenge. And shouts to the shouts to the women. The women showed up mm-hmm. and Fessy beasted. Uh, but you mentioned this, and I thought this was interesting. When everyone gets back to the house, so Fessy, D, and Bailey win. But everyone gets back to the house, and you mentioned Kyle trying to campaign for votes. Corey's also trying to com- campaign for votes. But before we get to the actual voting process, can you explain to me what Josh's mindset was? Like, what he was trying to accomplish? Because I was really confused. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly don't like the fact that I wrote this down, but I wrote Josh is being dumb. Yeah. Uh, Josh is scared. Ah. Like, that's what it comes down to. Josh is scared. He mm-hmm. knows he has to go into purgatory to get his red skull. But he also, I think he doesn't like the idea of being voted in because I think he is worried that it might be a sign that people dislike him. Yeah. He continued to use the phrase getting backdoored. And he doesn't like he I think he's still partly in that big brother mindset of like you don't want to be surprised that you're going in. Yeah. And I think he just like he's not very mentally tough. Yeah. And and no, sorry, go on. Well just just exactly that. That like there's as you always say people want the smoke or they don't want the smoke and josh does not want the smoke we also have to point out that his previous elimination experiences have not been good (laughs) right like very true like he has not excelled in them in the past and like yeah i don't say this well i say this a little bit as a joke he lost the tug of war with a one-handed man yeah, like that was his That's last factual, experiment. It's a factual experience. thing that happened, and you know, I think you brought up a really good point about Josh talking about not wanting to be backdoored. One thing we're learning about Josh is he likes coming off as if he's in control, mm. mm-hmm. and so as we're talking this out, and I was listening to you, it kind of dawned on me: like, is his mentality the fact that? He wanted, like, he wants his perfect scenario would be him winning. Yeah. Right? The daily challenge. And then him having the opportunity, once they're down there, to put himself in. Or at least have him plot out who he would like to go against. Mm -hmm. But that's difficult to do. Not many people have, have done that because people only really figured that out midway through the season, right? Yeah. So once you remove that. I think you're right. He doesn't want the show of people voting him in because it might be that they don't like him. But then even the flip side of 
okay, well, let's say it's a reverse and it's like Corey, where like I, the way that your mentality flips, right? So instead of looking at it in the negative, look at it as a positive. Yeah. Like Corey, can I get people to vote me in because I want to go in? Yeah. He also doesn't want to show that side of it because he'll lose that too, <laughs> right? Like he wouldn't have the support of enough votes to have people vote him in. So he's afraid of that. But his explanation to Fessy made no sense. No. <laughs> None. None. Right? He's, he's like, I want to wait for the perfect time to go in. It's like, but you don't get to choose that. Yeah. And so what are you talking about? And there's only two times left, including this episode. Yeah. So as much as Josh has no idea what he's doing, how well did Corey play the nomination ceremony? Perfectly. I love that he goes, everyone knows I have a daughter at home. And Kyle, like, feigns surprise. <laughs> and Anissa said, you know, that was the best speech Corey has ever made. Like, how could you not vote for him after he's talking about his, like, parental responsibilities? The other yeah. thing is, Corey is well-liked. Like, mm-hmm. even Johnny Bananas, who acknowledges that they've often been on the opposite side of the house. I don't think he dislikes Corey. No. Like, I don't no. think they actually have issues with each other at this point. It's all stuff in the past. Yeah. And like, Kyle doesn't have any issues with Corey. I thought, I mean, Corey played this perfectly. And like, I don't mm-hmm. even think he was playing. I think it was just like, he was being real and honest about his motivations and like his situation. But he knew what he was doing, oh, he knew bringing he was up doing. his daughter. Right, for sure. But I also thought Kyle was hilarious. <laughs> when he said, he said word for word the same thing. When he said, I think you all know that I have a daughter at home. And then everyone joked <laughs> like, but did you know that you have a daughter at home? <laughs> oh, well played. Well played. Um, so, yeah, Corey basically won off his speech. But as happens many times throughout this season... Nothing went easy in the nomination ceremony because it's just jokes and a fight normally breaks out. Mm -hmm. And Josh and Melissa are at the center of it. Mm -hmm. And really it comes out before because Josh, in his speech, instead of just saying, you know what, this was a tough decision, I'm going to vote for Corey. He says, "I, I put my family on it that I would bet. I would put Corey in. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like, why, why would you do that? When did you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Why did you need to exaggerate so much about that? It's just, he almost got exposed just like Nelson did early on in the season. Yeah. Right. Remember when Nelson had all these conversations with everybody? Well, Josh, cause unlike everyone else. Okay. When they went around the circle, you could pretty much tell who they were going to vote for. Yeah. Right. There was like the the allegiances are pretty clear cut at this point. You know who you really fuck with at this point in the house and who you don't. So Josh being the only one sitting on the fence or playing both sides or making it a difficult choice. It's just see through into the character that Josh has that is phony. He spreads himself thin, thinks that he's like this great political player that he really isn't. And as Bananas pointed out, you can say a lot of things about Melissa, but one thing is she's loyal. Yeah. 
And I give her a lot of credit for that. She called out Josh for being fake and, you know, just flip-flopping and doing whatever someone else tells him to do. And I don't know where the lie is. I don't see the lie. (laughs) No. No, I don't either. The one thing that I thought was funny, and we maybe should have mentioned it earlier, was like in the very first scene, she says, you promised me. And Josh goes, I never promised you. And they showed the replay (laughs) from the tribunal room. And she said, I want you to promise me that you won't put D in. And he goes, okay. Which he's technically right was not a promise. He just agreed to the idea that he would promise. But that's not on the level of no, the, it's not the same. fingers crossed. It's not the it's same. Not the not same. The same. I, I have a question for you. I have a question for okay. you. Is it fair that Melissa is way more upset with Josh about that than she is bananas? No, it's not fair at all. And it's a, it's, <laughs> it's Johnny Bananas is one of those guys that can just get away with shit. Okay. And like he was even like every step of the way. Melissa and presumably D have been more angry mm-hmm. with presumably Rogan and definitely Josh than they have been with Johnny when it was A, Johnny's idea, B, Johnny got it going. <laughs> like his vote was just as powerful as Josh's. Here's the one thing I'll say in Bananas' defense, okay? At least Yes, he did pinky promise or whatever, right? And cross his fingers, which is hilarious for a grown-ass man to do. But at least we know that he has beef with D. Yeah. Right? Like, him and D don't get along. He mentioned earlier on that D, he wasn't, he didn't like the fact that D tried to take him out very early on in the season for no reason. She tried to lead a, a crew trying to get Bananas out and failed. So at least Bananas has a reason to go at D, whereas Josh doesn't. Yeah. And I think if you're Melissa, there's part of you that might see, okay, well, I might know that Bananas is lying to me, but at least I have Josh, so this will be fine. Yeah. Right? Like, Bananas, like, I think that was probably her mindset. And I can honestly see that. Because Josh didn't have a real reason to turn on D other than he just pretends to be friends with everybody. And Bananas told him to. Yo, we should make a big move. And if there's someone in the house that wants to be aligned with someone who actually is a power broker in the house making a big move, it would be Josh. Yeah, it's true. So... To me, I, I get why Mel's DJ Mel is mad at Josh because he is a flip flopper and he's not loyal at all and he just makes stuff up. And I love that she called him out for for uh, using his family. She's like, "Why did you do that? Yeah, why did you have to do that? There's no reason why you had to do that." And I also I have to say, I love. I mean, how tall do you think DJ Mel is? Five two, I maybe no five idea. four. I love that not only was she standing on the table to scream at Josh, (laughs) but she got up on her tiptoes. Oh, yeah. Like, and like, I don't think it was like a a purposeful choice. I think she was just like that mad that she was almost hovering over the table as she screamed at him. She was hype. She was hype. I like her more and more. (laughs) I think she's great. What we... What we got to remember about DJ Mel is she wants to smoke. Oh, yeah. You got to go back to the other episodes, other seasons. Remember she got kicked off? Yeah, for fighting the Kayla. The episode for fighting Kayla. Like, she she's about that life. 
she's not backing down from anyone and as banana says she's loyal and, and who am i kidding the fact that she's taking out josh of course i'm gonna be in support <laughs> well also, let's be serious like as i said i like Corey, but i really like kyle like i was rooting yeah. for kyle as well to like get voted mm-hmm. i was happy with either one of them getting voted in yeah. but like i love melissa's loyalty to kyle and they are like real life friends so i just like the fact that she's like this is this is a person that i'm friends with outside the house this is a person that i gave my word to inside the house and i'm sticking to it it's pretty simple mm-hmm. uh Within the same kind of lens, though, what did you think of Anissa's decision? Kyle was a little bit upset that Anissa didn't vote for him because I think he kind of felt that Anissa cost them the win. Yeah. And so in lieu of that, she should have voted for Kyle. Well, do you agree with that line of thinking? Well, to be clear, she said to him, I would do anything to make that up to you. And he correctly said in the vote, like, I'm calling that favor in now. This okay. this falls within the realm of I would do anything to make that up. Kyle's logic is not flawed in this. But that said, okay. Anissa and Corey have a bit of a history. They do. But they, they're cool. They're good friends. Yep. I would say Anissa is closer with Corey than she is with Kyle. And I actually liked the, like, sort of conversation they had after the vote mm-hmm. where Kyle basically immediately starts lobbying her for the next men's elimination to vote him in. Yeah. And she says, like, hey, man, like, I like you. You're a nice guy. You're fun. But integrity is important to me. And so, and like, it wasn't a fight. He was just like, well, no. next time you definitely have to get me. <laughs> like. Yeah, I wasn't mad how that went down at all. And I think Anissa, I understand. I totally understand her voting for Corey. And Kyle, I mean, first off, Anissa's vote wouldn't have swung it. No. Right? Like, it wouldn't have made a difference anyways. He needed Josh and Anissa. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, I get it. But I'm more with Anissa. I get why she voted for Corey. Yeah, I don't think... Let's put it this way. I don't think that there was anyone wrong in this situation except Josh. <laughs> for like bringing his family into it when he should have just fucking voted like a normal human being for sure right but like everyone uh, else i'm like yeah okay like I, I get where you're coming from it's legit totally so there are a couple injuries right kyle appeared to be fine yeah but Corey was not Corey stays home to ice his ankle while everyone else goes to the bar and i mean not much really happens you see Casey and Nani conti- continuing their budding relationship or mm-hmm. friendship or who knows what's going on there. But I feel like seeds are being planted for next week or, next, or the coming weeks or next season. Who's to say? Who knows? Who knows? But there's there's definitely something going on there. Um, and then not much really happened at the bar. But if we get to the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Where not much happened if your name's D, because I think she said like, okay, yeah, and that was the only thing she said in the entire uh, tribunal. Again, they did to have a th- a conversation between three people in a small room, and like I think we only saw D maybe twice when they had to do a I, wide lens. 
I think it was like three or four shots max of D just on a three shot on the wide. But other than that, it was all either a two shot of Bailey and Fessy or close-ups of Bailey and Fessy. That's it. That is super impressive that they were able to do that. Oh, yeah. Super well done by by the producers. Um, and it's pretty straightforward, right? Everyone wants to go in at this point. Yeah. Except right? Rogan. That really made me laugh how they all convinced him oh. that he'd been nominated. Because That was a good trick. Of course. That was a good trick. That would have been a much bigger thing. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if they had included D in the edit, she of course would want to put Rogan in. Ah, uh, right? good point. Him. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um Josh, we've already crushed Josh enough, but like have him we, though? questioning have we crushed but josh enough i just don't get what his mindset is he's like i kind of feel like i'm getting played here and i don't understand how you're mad at fessy now when fessy told you already that he probably wasn't going to vote you in so how are you mad at him after the fact when he told you you should try to rally the troops to get more votes to be the house nomination yeah, because you're probably not going to get in the other way, because even if he does vote for you, Bailey really wants to put Swaggy in, which is and how can he argue with that, which is obvious. And also Fessy gets along like he doesn't dislike Bailey and Swaggy. Well, the gameplay from how Fessy broke it down to me was perfect. I agree. The fact that he. OK, so Bailey wants Swaggy to go in. Cool. That would mean he's good with her. But also, Corey wanted to go against Swaggy, right? And Corey's his boy. So that works for him and Corey. And I think that makes the most sense. Can't be mad at Fessy at all. And for Josh to even not understand, but also just change his mind. Like, so you were never in control. Yeah. But you were trying to tell Fessy that you want to just wait and see how things play out. But then after they play out, you're mad. Yeah. Like, get out of here. I don't know. Josh is annoying. It's just... Let's... let's. Sorry. It's just classic Josh, though, right? Like, very emotional. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you said, Fessy's logic is totally sound. Yeah. He is allied with Josh and Corey. You don't mm-hmm. want them, one of them to go home. So, no, for sure. And, like, other people outside of that alliance, like Johnny... They're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, that is sound gameplay. Like, Well, Bananas tried to spell it out for Josh, but Josh isn't smart enough to figure out what Bananas was saying. Bananas, because when Josh comes out, he says, oh, Fessy's talking about how he wants to put Swaggy in because he didn't want to put his two friends against each other in terms of Josh and Corey. And Bananas says, well, if you guys were really his two friends... Wouldn't he want to put you guys in together so at least one of you for sure comes back with the skull? <laughs> and I don't think Josh was picking up that, like, you're really not as tight as you think you are, bro. <laughs> like, you're down on the totem pole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's classic Josh. I want to ask you this question now because I think it's topical. Who of the men do you think is not going to get a skull and by that i mean not that they will be eliminated but that they will oh, come okay, up okay i short. got you who just won't get us josh isn't getting a skull not a chance yeah 
Not a chance. So you're saying that it'll come down to uh, Kyle versus who's the other potential one? That's it. It's Kyle and Josh, no? Everyone else has a skull. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Fessy, Fessy, Rogan, Bananas, yeah. Nelson, and Corey. Yeah. yeah, I think Kyle, I think you're right. I think Kyle can beat Josh in almost every competition. Maybe not Yeah, puzzles. it'll be, I can't wait to see how it plays out and what the twist is or what the purge is just before the actual final. I can't wait to see that. The other thing that I have to say is I can't believe Josh has lasted as long as he has. Cause it, I can. Well, here here's my argument. If we've said this before, if I were in that house and thought that like and like could, I would have tried to take on either Josh or Swaggy in an elimination. Like to me, well, they were the weakest links. So I'm just amazed that like other yeah. people have not like. We said this before. I was surprised that Johnny and Wes did not like try to engineer it so that they would take on those two. One of those, yeah, for sure. Uh, your question kind of leads into kind of what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Just in terms of so this final challenge, right? The elimination when they get to the purgatory, it was a pretty cool challenge. Yeah. Right. I liked it. But it made me think of all the guys that could have gone in. Who would have done the worst? Josh. It's Josh, right? 100%. Josh would not have done well on that. Josh, because Josh is so clumsy. <laughs> right? And that's what I kind of found interesting. Like, he was so mad that he didn't get put in, but he's probably happy in the end because he would have sucked at that. That would have been an easy win. Like, Swaggy just couldn't figure it out. And then once he did, he just got thrown off and then never recovered. But, like, Josh... Josh isn't agile at all. And I think agility is a huge part of that. Agility. Especially once you get the hang of it. Agility, balance, and focus. <laughs> once you get the hang of it. Uh, See what I did there? <laughs> no, that's terrible. No, that's terrible. Uh, I apologize. I'm sorry. Don't I'm apologize. Sorry. This is a pun safe zone. You know how I feel about puns, Sheldon. I love them. It's fair. Uh, but no, it's Josh would have done terrible at this. I think Kyle actually... Uh, well, Corey's very yeah. Corey's very athletic, but Corey is injured. Mm -hmm. I think Kyle would have done well at this. Corey, by the end, looked like Spider Man. Like he was on some like he's very calm and cool, just getting back and forth. Right? He didn't look to mess up at all. And I think they made it appear closer than it actually was. Yeah, because like they didn't really show Corey. They just kept showing Swaggy struggling. While Corey was making the comeback and surpassing him. I don't... I laughed when Johnny says, for a guy named Swaggy, he has zero <laughs> swag. And I don't want to shock you, but Bailey was mad at those comments on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, my man has all kinds of swag. <laughs> it's like you couldn't just let that one go, huh? A very innocent, like a very like low-level chirp by Johnny Bananas, and also Bailey. Swaggy does not have swag. But here's the thing. First off, because I thought about this when they showed when they were showing the teams, and I was like, "Wait, what's his name again?" 
like what's his actual name i actually thought that no i thought that to myself in the moment because i was like really we're gonna be here calling this dude swaggy for real and that was one of my pet peeves from big brother right because it was like he wore shirts that said swaggy c on them right that's what he wore in the big brother house most of the time and it was just one of those things where i was like this isn't really gonna stick but on mtv where obviously the main guy's name is bananas why can't a dude named swaggy c (laughs) maintain his nickname so i don't know it it was it's just odd odd altogether bailey pick your battles it's not the first time that they've like ct is a nickname right like yep for sure obviously but also uh do you remember from real world saint thomas the uh the guy Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swift, like yeah. Like, his yeah, real yeah, name yeah. was, I want to say Rob? Rob, I, I think so, because there's two there's Robs. There's two Robs, yeah, yeah. so, like, I think that's he it. took yeah, Swift. Yeah. And Swift is legitimately his last name. But Okay. But also, like, he, how could you say, as you watch Swaggy bounce across, like, on his back, bounce across a shipping container... How could you say that he has swag? Like, what about... Yeah. And, like, we got... I mean... We got a comment that I need to point out, because I thought it, too. Lucas Wyatt says, I thought Corey was going to go home for a few minutes. I'm rooting for him this season. He's really matured. We agree, Lucas. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, For someone with a photographic memory, swag kept hitting the same buttons. Oof tough break tough break for his photographic memory ever since he mentioned his photographic memory maybe he doesn't remember saying it that's rough that's rough we didn't really describe what launch button was about basically (laughs) yeah but i mean they had to swing back and forth they had to they had two sets of buttons and you had to press all of the buttons but there's like corresponding ones so you had to stay organized because if you like press the corresponding button on either side, it would turn off your light and you want to turn on all your lights. And Swaggy pressed like the same button like five times. Like he could not get a, his head around the fact that you could not keep pressing the same button on either side. And Bailey was getting pretty mad at him about it. She was. She was fired up. And it was one of those things where... I was wondering if her yelling was helping or hurting I don't, Swaggy. I don't think it was helpful. <laughs> I think it. I think at first it was helpful, and he had Johnny Bananas also in his ear. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that when Bailey was yelling at him, "Stop using your hands!" <laughs> yeah, that can't that be can't helpful. helpful. Um, we saw a bit of this in the like trailer, but even yep. before we saw it in the trailer, I noted down. Bailey is not going to do well without Swaggy. No, like she is not, not going to. She is. He was definitely the like voice of reason between the two of them. She is not going to handle the stress well. She's not going to handle being without him well. It's so funny how you said that because, like, as you know, as soon as Swaggy lost and they show him leaving, and they cut to Bailey, I was like. I wrote down the question, how will Bailey do without him? And then maybe 30 seconds later, 
there's a confessional from Bailey where she says, I don't think I can do this game without him. <laughs> and then in the same trailer that you mentioned, she's having like a breakdown. She is just like, it looked like she had a yelling match with Nani. Then she had one with Casey. It's like, didn't really look good for her at all. You know, we actually, we glossed over that when we were talking about Casey and Nani and planting the seeds. Because part of that scene was Bailey being pretty judgmental of the budding chemistry between those two. Okay. Okay. And I can see Bailey voicing her opinions to Casey and mm -hmm. to Nani and it not going over well. First of all, I don't know, Sheldon, if you've ever watched the challenge, but Nani does not do well with criticism. Uh, even when it's merited, okay. does not handle criticism well. I don't know okay. Casey well, but I could see her also not having her character impugned. Yeah, she's just quiet. She's just going to be quiet in the background the whole time. Well, we'll see. I can't wait. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, what was your line of the episode? I don't think you said. I did not say. And the reason why I did not say is because my line of the episode goes to D. Oh, <laughs> I like where this is going. Well, she didn't say anything. <laughs> That's the line of the episode. I mean, now I just feel bad for latching on to like Johnny and Kyle's jokes. <laughs> I mean, you had a much better answer than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, who killed it for you this week I think it's obvious it's Corey yeah. uh, we're just continuing to see just a different Corey this season and the culmination of that was obviously him having this moment where he took charge he told the house to vote him in he gave a good speech he we saw like the real side of Corey in terms of what we talked about his conversation with Nelson um, and yeah, most importantly, he got in the elimination, he struggled off the front end, but then figured it out and pulled out the victory, got his red skull. I also Shouts to Corey, you killed it. I also like that he made no excuses about his injury. Good call. I like that. Totally right? true. And, and that's yep. my way of saying, I agree that Corey killed it this week. That's a big part. I like that. You're right. Um, it's, it's a funny part of the season, and this happens every season of the challenge, where we're, like, running out of storylines. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it's always the last two or three episodes before the actual challenge, the final challenge. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more well, space in the house so they can give each other room. Usually a lot of the combustible elements have been eliminated, right? Yeah, bear's not around yeah, anymore. Yeah, no more yeah. bear. No more Jay, who I don't think actually like was much of an antagonist, but he was a lightning rod. No more yep. Wes. No more like all the people that really like stir it up and like D. The ones that are left that stir it up are Josh and D, really, but we're not yeah. going to see D. Uh, yeah. And then I guess Bailey. But like otherwise, the rest of the people are just going to like, like Fessy, Corey, just getting Nelson. ready for the final. Yeah, they're just going to be working out. Casey and like hold on Nelson's been pretty quiet ever since he had what three straight like just insane episodes yeah he's been pretty low-key yeah he's been pretty low-key well and like Kayla's gone too and like Kayla is also uh, a combustible Ka element 
She's a lightning rod for Nelson. That's true. That's true. So I wish, I really wish we understood why Nelson is so fixated on Kayla better. Like, I don't think Kayla knows. I don't think Nelson understands I think it's why. a grade three, I think it's a grade three crush. She probably wanted her at some point and she dissed him or something. It's probably the, something like that. Yeah. You know, the grade three that's teasing the girl in his class because he really likes her. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like something Nelson would do. Sounds about right. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And huge shouts as always to the people liking and subscribing to the YouTube page. Just search You Killed It Podcast or my name, Sheldon Alexander. Um, same. Shouts to the people that are liking and subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, and to second what Josh, Josh, how I dare I'm, you? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know what happened? I was saying John and John stated and I just merged and it turned into, I, I apologize. It's, There's no excuse. You're forgiven. I'm, it's I'm sorry. fine. It's I'm fine. Sorry. To second what John stated. <laughs> see, see how I was getting tongue tied there? I get it. But anyways, to second what you were saying earlier on in the episode, huge shouts to all the people that commented and wrote in because really do appreciate you guys. And wherever you're you're in the comments, whether it's on SoundCloud, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Reddit, whether it's on the Facebook group, we whether it's on Instagram, we see the comments, we appreciate them, and continue to hit us up on Twitter all throughout the week. We'll try to get back to the to uh to your messages and i don't know if i'm still going to be on my twitter hiatus but we'll see how that goes but uh yeah we really appreciate you guys because without you guys listening to this pod and there's so many of you that do it it almost catches me off guard sometimes so really appreciate you guys and thanks for rocking with us absolutely uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at jay chidley hill and until next week this was you killed it you could